Hello and a warm welcome to Living Fabulously with Bev. The mission for the show is to get to the heart of well-being through inspirational stories of everyday people, expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle related disciplines, and exploration of topics that underpin well-being. If you want to take control of your well-being and put yourself front and center in your life, then this is the podcast for you. I want you to feel calm, nurtured and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. If you have not yet done so, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you know someone else that would get value from the show as well, please share it with them. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together. So today I'm delighted to introduce my guest, Tom Evans. He's an author of more than 10 books, both nonfiction and fiction, a podcaster, but he's so much more and we're soon going to discover that. So welcome to you, Tom. Oh, great to be here. Lovely to be interviewed by a fellow podcaster. <laughs> yeah. So, Tom, I'd love to know more about you. So you just share what it is that you are about and what you love to do. Well, that's a great question. Um, I'll, I'll be brief. Yeah, essentially, I'm, a, I'm an engineer. I, I, I love um, making things. And uh, I started out life as, a, as an electronic engineer, studied electronics at university or electricery, as I call it now. I'd got a great job at the BBC. Uh, working with the magic of television. And in my mid-40s, I discovered the magic of the mind. And um, before I knew it, I became an author. I started helping other people uh, write their books as well. Uh, must have helped over 300 other authors publish their books now. Published 13 books of mine, would you believe, now. And I've just started uh, to finish off a novel I started um, 10 years ago. Uh, and then somewhere in the middle of writing all these books, I started to add uh, meditations to them to augment them. And before I knew it, I became a meditation teacher by accident. I didn't plan to be. And my meditations took off. And I've never been to a meditation school or an ashram in India. My meditations, are, I guess they're stories in a way, they're visualizations. But people seem to like them and the, the English voice. And, and now I, I'm, I guess I've become, for want of a better phrase, a spiritual engineer. I like taking these sort of mind-body-spirit techniques that we, we, we've got loads of out in the world there. And then seeing what we can do with them. And so I've got meditations for, for weight loss, meditations to change the speed of time, meditations to um, to to reduce jet lag. And anytime I find uh, an application or an issue or someone comes to me saying, you haven't got a meditation for this, I kind of make one up. So, yeah, that's what I am. I guess I'm, I've become a spiritual engineer by accident. That's wonderful. So I, I guess, though, that your need for meditation came about from a personal need. But I'm interested also, you reference practical mindfulness. So how did your interest in practical mindfulness come about? Well, you're absolutely right. It's a very perceptive question because I, I started meditation because I was stressed. Uh, someone um, said you look really haggard and you could do with meditating. I was in a high-tech job at the time with a lot of pressure, a big sales target. So I started meditating like many people to reduce stress and anxiety. I very quickly discovered this practical aspect to it, that this 10 minutes a day that we can spend seems to have a, a great bonus. And I noticed on days that I meditated, I had a much better day. The world seemed to be kinder to me. Uh, and on days I didn't, I was felt like I was pushing water uphill. So I started to research uh, all of these things that we can do with mindfulness, apart from just use it to reduce our blood pressure and make us kind of nicer, calmer people. I guess people will be thinking, well, what's the difference? So what's different about what you teach and what others may practice in terms of mindfulness? Well, I guess uh, what, one of the things I teach is because I've not been to any school, I just come at it from a left field 
perspective and uh and i try and make my uh my meditations fun so people say that they've never listened to meditations with jokes in them for example and and uh where they love the playfulness and the sense of humor so i, I guess what i try and do is make them really accessible and non-worthy you know so that they're not like pseudo-religious or anything like that and they've all got a point with with each of them there's a whole purpose to to that to that meditation so as a as a result of spending 10 15, 20, even 30 minutes uh, meditating, you pick up an, a new life skill, which is really useful, you know, whether that's to help you change the speed of time, get things, more things done in less time, or uh, even to have uh, meditations on how to channel your book and how to uh, to connect with your muse and all that kind of stuff. So we're talking about applying meditation techniques in a mindful way for practical living. Is that what I'm understanding for practical outcomes so you get something done from it so that 10 minutes that you might spend meditating is not a, a chore or a waste of time it's an investment of time to get something else out at the other end of it and as i said to pick up a new life skill uh, which is very um, deployable in many many situations both personal and in business i know that you've said before that you believe that meditating for 10 minutes each day can bring about a fundamental change in our world why do you believe that's the case? It works at a micro and a macro level. So at a micro level, you become more vital. Uh, you become a nicer person to be around. You find that you become attractive in all senses of the world. So, you know, let's say if you're looking for a soulmate, your soulmate kind of just turns up because you're a nicer person to be with. But if you're looking for business opportunities, they show up as well. And so at a micro level, uh, we get these great benefits. Of course, health benefits as well. You know, you, you, you spend less time being ill, which obviously is a great um, efficiency saving because you spend less time off work. And while you are, are at work, you are more vital and creative and the output that you produce is of better quality. Um, so micro level, uh, we become better. We, we have less stress on our health service. And then that scales up to a macro level. So imagine if you've got um, a whole business team that meditate every day, either individually or, or together, you could end up with a happier workforce. If you then scale that up to a, a country and to the whole planet, uh, we end up with um, people that are less aggressive and spend more time collaborating and co-creating than destroying and, uh, and arguing. To me, it's that, it's that micro individual level benefit that scales up to making a change at a global level. One would think that for instances like road rage, the punishment should be more about learning a skill like uh, practical mindfulness. Yeah, except at, at the start of many of my meditations, it says, do not do not listen to this meditation while driving, operating machinery or flying a jumbo jet. No, I don't mean while driving. I mean to prevent <laughs> the road rage. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? You know, I'm not perfect. If someone cuts me off, I get angry as well. You know, so we sometimes need to let our fly off the handle and, and, and let our frustrations out. When people talk about mindfulness, things that often come to mind is the way that we we do things, you know, in terms of, for example, you know, drinking a cup of tea and drinking it mindfully. So in other words, being present would be another word that I would use. So do you use that those techniques in this practical mindfulness too? Yeah, and a very specific version of that, which is kind of interesting. And I've actually got a really good uh, meditation called Eating Mindfully. It's on the Insight Timer app, and, it's, and it gets you to really think about the whole process of, of bringing the cup to your lip and all the things that happen to get that tea in the cup. Uh, all the things down in the supply chain to bring the tea to you and this sort of stuff and the milk if you use milk and the water out your tap 
and then how it passes down your esophagus and and uh, energizes you. It's a lovely meditation if you want to uh, get into that sort of stuff. But essentially, the real essence of, of mindfulness relies on this very peculiar nature of human thought. And it's that the normal human mind, and I stress the normal human mind because it doesn't apply in all circumstances when you get into deeper meditations, the normal human mind can only have one thought at a time. So if you're thinking about what you're thinking about, that the original thought gets replaced by the thought you're having about that thought. Now, that's quite a tortuous kind of uh, thing, but it, it kind of works. So if you're thinking about uh, this driver that's just cut you up, or you're thinking about something uh, that happened to you yesterday, a conversation that didn't go very well, or you're worried about uh, a podcast interview in the future, about how you're going to answer it. As soon as you start to flip the attention away from the now, you lose efficiency. And so what mindfulness does, what mindfulness techniques do, are they get you to be present in the now by focusing on the breath or a mantra or even thought or some background music and this sort of stuff. And so that allows you to be present in the now and then instantly if you're in the present and not worried about the past and in the present and not mulling over or worried about the future you get this sort of 60 percent efficiency gain because most people are kind of normally about 30 percent efficient because the there's 30 percent of time they're focused on the now and the rest of the time they're thinking about the future or the past or something else that's so true because i guess that's why the pomodoro technique works because you commit to 25 minutes of a particular task without diverting your attention, you know, not picking up the phone, not noticing the beep on your email, all those type of things. So it's that's a great illustration of how we can be more efficient. So I'm wondering, where would somebody begin if they wanted to experience practical mindfulness? Well, the great place to begin is uh, on the internet. There are loads of free um, meditations. If you go to my website, you'll find uh, uh, meditations on there. I've got loads of meditations on the Insight Timer app. Uh, and because I feel this is a gift that's given to me, I love giving it back for free. Uh, and I notice that when you do this, then the world is kinder back to you as well. So I find some a meditation guide you like the sound of. There's loads of fantastic meditation guides on uh, on Insight Timer app. And if you have, if you haven't got a smartphone though, you know, you can just, um, you can just, uh, go out for a walk, you know, at lunchtime and this sort of stuff. So you don't have to meditate formally with your eyes closed and headphones on. You can meditate just by, uh, getting out in nature and doing something different other than what you might do. So to me, it's, it's, uh, the starting point is to give yourself a treat, you know, to see that every day you're going to treat yourself to this 10 minutes of me time. And a lot of my meditations, because of that, are purposely 10 minutes long exactly. They could be longer, they could be shorter, but I make them 10 minutes long because 10 minutes seems to be the time, the trigger time from getting out of the old ways into the new ways uh, without having to think, oh, 20 minutes is too much or half half an hour is too much. And in time, you find that you, you'll meditate not just in the morning. So I might meditate in the morning, but um, uh, I might also have a, a lunchtime breather or something like that or even a power nap you know so i can come back into the afternoon refreshed and many of my meditations uh, help people go to sleep and one of the things i noticed about insight timer which is very interesting is that um, the most popular meditations are those that help people get to sleep so it's amazing that in this age where we're trying to awaken most people are having trouble sleeping and obviously if you do get a good night's sleep that then sets you up nicely for the the next day as well so I'd start um, by finding um, uh, an app like Insight Timer. There's other ones like Headspace as well, which are, 
I highly recommend. Loads of uh, loads of free apps. Some are chargeable. Headspace is chargeable, uh, and just get into a groove. Find the sound of someone you like the sound of, and um, and just make it your daily treat. I like that perspective, Tom, of, of looking at it as a treat, not a chore. Exactly. And really honouring the reward centre of the brain, which loves to feel that things are pleasure rather than pain, even though it's watching out for pain all the time. So that's that's really helpful. And you mentioned Insight Timer. So that's where you are, are publishing a lot of your meditations. And are they also available on your website? Yeah, what I do is I publish uh, samples on Insight Timer, uh, and then I've got some of my more advanced uh, courses on, on on the website, and some of my more advanced uh, meditations as well. Because to me, um, meditation has got two uh, two main applications. One is remedial, where it fixes something, so it actually helps us uh, get over a problem. But my main area of work and research and fun is actually to generate um, what I call generative meditation. So it actually awakens us to new uh, levels of consciousness. And I don't use the word psychicness, but I love this guy, Rudolf Steiner, uh, who was lived about 100 years or so ago. And he uses the word super sensibility. And I noticed that when I started to meditate in my mid-40s, then new sensibilities would, would switch on. I became a, became a healer. I became what's known as a channel. I became super uh, creative, super productive. I started to see the future. And one of the techniques I teach uh, authors I work with is to tap into the future version of them who knows the words they haven't written yet. Now, some other people call this psychicness, but I see it as a sort of advanced imagination, you know, and whether it's true or whether it's an imagination, so long as you get great output from it, then um, then who's to argue? Mm. And so uh, so these, these sort of stuff, although the courses that teach you how to do that are all on my website. Um, I've got loads of them out there. and But they're, again, they've all got this practical output, you know, so either letting you write a book, um, showing you how to tap into uh, light bulb moments, uh, how to find your life purpose, and how to awaken dormant mind centers in our body. I do a lot of work with people with what they're known as the, the chakras to awaken the, the heart center as a healing center and some of the other chakras for what they're good at for tuning into intuition and groundedness uh, and also um, also using the chakras working together as well so they work in harmony. So uh, the chakras aren't individual centers, but they can be work, working in pairs and in groups and, and also in a unification to... Uh, as I awaken these other super sensibilities that we're all capable of. So if you were speaking to a doubting Thomas, what are some of the benefits you could explain to them that they would realize and how quickly would they realize those? I think the main, the main benefit is you become luckier very quickly. So instead of pushing water uphill, uh, the world starts to work for you. And one of the reasons for that is that because you're karma, and because you become calm and you're a nicer person to be around and people like to be around you and, and, and they assist you. But also with a quiet mind, with the quiet mind you get from meditation, that continues out of the meditation throughout the day. So you become better at noticing things. So you remember this idea that if you're uh, in internal dialogue, if you're thinking internally, then you won't notice uh, external serendipities because the normal human mind can only have this one thought at a time. And if you, I don't actually meet nowadays, but if I ever go into London, um, and look at people on the on the train. Everyone's looking down as they're walking along. They're all looking down. And if you look down, it switches the internal dialogue on in, in the head. And if you look slightly up, it switches it off. So this is a great way of going for a, a meditative walk to go out into nature and look up 
as opposed to looking down because it makes the mind go quiet. And when you look up like that, you notice serendipities, you notice other thoughts coming in that are useful to you. So if I'm stuck in a writing context uh, in the day, I take my two dogs out for a walk. And while I'm out for a walk, all the things that weren't flowing while I was sitting at my desk staring at my, my computer, they flow in. So you can use this time to be creative. You can use the time for ideas to come in and, and you can save a lot of time by taking that time out and then treating yourself. So the main benefit is just being luckier. I like that. I'm sure people would uh, respond to that because, you know, if you speak to somebody who perhaps has a very busy job, a very busy life, they probably tell you they don't have even 10 minutes for you. So I'm going like, well, we've covered a few of those things. You're talking about giving it to yourself as a treat. You're also talking about positive impact rather than, you know, often when you say the word impact, people think of negative things. But I'm talking about the positive impact because it's lasting. So what you're saying is if you were to meditate for 10 minutes in the morning, that's just not at that moment in time. It just actually carries through with you for the rest of your day and it colors your perspective and your view and your insights. It's sort of all encompassing. Yeah, and it's slightly bigger than that as well because it's it's reckoned uh, that for every minute you spend in meditation, you actually add a minute to your longevity, you know, so you get the time back anyway. Maybe not in actually living longer, but living weller for longer. So you you get, let's say, that 10 minutes cumulatively back added to your lifespan in terms of good quality of life. Well, who wouldn't want that, Tom? For sure. Would you like to tell me about your mindful-based time management course that's available? Yeah, it's um, it's something which I've um, I've been working on this theme now for about five or six years, and and I've had the materials in various incarnations for that time. But I'm just about to relaunch them on an eight-week format because everything in the mindfulness world seems to revolve around this eight-week format. Mindfulness-based stress reduction is an eight-week course for that, and mindfulness-based cognitive therapy. I wrote this book about two years ago called Mind, uh, Managing Time Mindfully, uh, and it really explores where time came from and how uh, there was a time when no time existed uh, the, you know, at the very start of the universe. And, and the clock of time only really started ticking when animals and, and life forms uh, appeared on, on the earth. You know, So initially with uh, uh, flowers, they would track the, the sun and, and bloom with the seasons, and then as uh, fish would start to mate with the moon phase and then as we uh, land elements, animals came about uh, they started to 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 work to different phases so you get some animals that would hibernate in, in winter and this sort of stuff and then as we as we evolved humans evolved and we created society we invented this thing called time and time is really useful because it allowed us in two different time zones to be on skype exactly at the right time uh, not even a minute late so we could have this wonderful conversation so time's great and, and it allows us to run our, our modern day society. But at the same time, it's enslaved us. We become enslaved by time. And so as we've created this thing called time, what we can do is we can use the good aspects of it so that you can meet on time and be on time. But also you can then disentangle yourself from the tick of the clock. Because even though time is linear and finite, our relationship with it is very, I'll use this technical term, squidgy. So if you've ever been in a doctor's waiting room and uh, there's nothing to read and the doctor's late, time seems to elongate. But also, if you've had a great weekend with friends uh, then and, and you're sort of rushing around having fun, then time can just whiz by. And so depending on what we're doing, the state of our mind, we can actually cho choose to 
live a different rate in time. And a good example of that, if you've ever been late for a meeting and uh, you just think you're not going to get there in time, sometimes you can drive up, arrive at the, the location you're at just exactly the right time and there is a car parking place just where you need it by being calm and slowing down the breath. So, uh, so the, the course really delves into all of this stuff. It goes into where, where time goes, how we can tune into to natural time, how we can use our time wisely. So, for example, I noticed after writing three of my books that I wrote them all in spring. So I don't even try and write a book now, not in spring. I sort of kind of spring forward into uh, into the next the next book. I'm writing a new um, uh, book at the moment. And, uh, and obviously that's different from the Southern Hemisphere where you are because your spring is different from our spring. So getting in tune with natural cycles, getting in tune with what time is all about, and noticing where the time leaks go and all these things, the time we might spend on social media or playing computer games and this sort of stuff. Nothing wrong with doing that at all because, you know, we're not here not to have fun. Uh, but if you want to get something done, then you can be more mindful about how you use your time and more t- more mindful about your relationship with time. Sounds very interesting. So I'd love to know, Tom, what are your tips for living fabulously? Well, I think the first thing that you've got to do, and and that's a great question, by the way, is just see life not as a chore, but as a as a joy. You know, this this is a very very special planet that we live on right now. There, there as far as we know, there's no other planet in the there's certainly no other planet in the solar system that can support life of this nature, and we we haven't detected life on any other planet uh, near to us at the moment. So this is a very very special planet. And while you're down here, it makes sense if you enjoy yourself. And so find things that you like to do. If you can get paid for what you like to do, even better, even better still. Be with people you like to be with. But I guess most importantly, there's a great phrase that someone told me about 10 years ago, and I live by this, is that there's only one thing you can take with you, and that's your evolution. And only one thing you can leave behind, and that's your art. And I like this idea that, you know, I don't know whether I believe in reincarnation or not, but let's say we do reincarnate. Wouldn't it be a good idea that you leave the planet in a better place than when you left it so that you can come back to a better planet in the future? And so, you know, seeing each day as a gift and giving a gift back each day, that helps you live fabulously. But also seeing your whole life as um, something which is a gift too. And uh, leaving something behind, which is a real, uh, I guess, a, a breadcrumb trail for people that follow and leaving the place in a, leaving the planet in a better place for being here. But at the same time, having fun and enjoying yourself. Yeah, finding the balance between all those things. Thank you, Tom. For sure. And you can find Tom Evans at his website, which is www.tomevans.co.com, C-O. And Facebook, it's a Tom Evans. These will be in the show notes for you. Tom, thank you so much for sharing your own journey and really inspiring us. Some of my nuggets and takeaways have been about really being present in the now. If I can gain <laughs> more efficiency of, you mentioned up to 30%. So if we were only 30% efficient normally and being present would support us with 30% more, I could get so much more done. So that's a real opportunity. I love the concept that you shared about treating yourself to 10 minutes of me time. More and more in this busy world of ours, we keep putting other things ahead of ourselves and our well-being. And I love that you've actually focused on 10-minute meditations, which actually support people throughout their day. 
And I love your turn of phrase, to become luckier very quickly. So who wouldn't want that? I just recognize too that when I need, you know, nurturing myself, my place is to go to the beach and walk on the beach. And I do look up and it's amazing. So thank you for just reminding me that it quietens the mind and brings me back to the things that I value and are joyful in my own life. Thank you so much for being with us today, Tom. And thank you both for this wonderful podcast and helping so many people to live fabulously. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. And I would love to know what you enjoyed most about this episode. You can connect with me on Facebook by searching for Living Fabulously with Bev or feel welcome to leave a message or comment on my website. You can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website, www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Do you have a friend who you think deserves to live fabulously? Spread the love around by sharing the podcast with them right now. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.